Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. This is actually the first official podcast that I'm doing in the new studio that's still a bit under construction, but from Las Vegas, Nevada. Tracy and I were just talking about that. She happened to make a trip to Vegas and uh, got remarried here by (laughs) Elvis. Yeah, (laughs) which isn't like me at all. But yeah, we were there on our 25th wedding anniversary for my husband and myself, my business partner as well, for a business convention, MJ BizCon, and uh, with a bunch of clients, and or for a bunch of clients, I should say. And we were there literally like, wait a minute, we're going to be in Vegas, where we've never been, for our 25th wedding anniversary, like literally the same week. We're like, wait a minute. (laughs) You have to do something. We had to do something, you know, with the big sign and, you know, what the traditional, traditional Vegas, you know, Elvis wedding. <laughs> Absolutely. So this, this show just brings more excitement just because of the location <laughs> that it is now hailing from, you know, previously I was doing this from California. And of course, you know, we're, we're in the fortune though, now to be able to do podcasting from anywhere. You could do it, you know, from your car or wherever, wherever else you can Coach, record stuff. I have stuff. literally <laughs> been talking this year since COVID because I've been, you know, in 2019, I was literally traveling nine countries, eight clients, nine countries, five, no, nine trips, five countries, four continents, something like that. And then I've been grounded for 14 months. But you know what I've done? And this is the power of podcasting too. I don't have my yeah. own podcast, but I've literally been on since July of last year to now, which is now, you know, the end of August when we're recording. Um, I've literally been on it over 200 podcasts by now. And you can find about 150 of them already online. Talking to entrepreneurs, talking to people who want to build their brand to learn how to break, you know, through the media and talking about some of the human rights stuff that got me here, you know, as well. But um, yeah, so it's, and then, you know what, from Dubai to Las Vegas, to Toronto, to India, to South Africa, to, to Ghana, to like literally to Jordan, I'm going to do one next week to, you know, literally, you're just traipsing across the globe, you know. My voice just, uh, anyway, right? So I thought, yeah. oh, well, I can't get on a plane. Fine. You can't Fine. stop me. You can't stop <laughs> us. So excuse the echo because I haven't filled the room with, you know, all the things that make it sound more cool. So that's just the, the beauty of, of, of moving and everything else. But let me take a moment and introduce my guest, Tracy Lamori. Um, if you haven't figured out by now from our conversation, Tracy is a publicist. She's a high-profile international award-winning publicist, and she's been featured on Rolling Stone, NBC, CBC, Huffington Post, Authority Magazine's Inspirational Women of Hollywood series, and in media, as we could tell, around the world. She's also the founder and managing director of Lamori Media, Inc. And I'm really excited to talk about today her upcoming book, Get It, Get Repped 
build your brand with effective public and media relations. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. And she works globally across industries from major entertainment projects to small businesses. And as she mentioned, she's also an advocate. I love the story, Tracy, about how you worked on a 20-year campaign to help an innocent man get freed from death row. So, you know, your work is, is making such an impact on things like that, which is such a profound piece of work that you do. Um, she's won numerous awards for being recognized in, as an influential woman and leader of inspiration. As she mentioned, over 200 times being on panels, TV, radio, high-profile podcasts, and speaking on, but probably not limited to, leadership, empowerment, entrepreneurship, and all kinds of aspects of media and publicity. So an official welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm hugely honored to be here. I love the brand. I love the Born Unbreakable. I love the message. That's so, you know, so important. And all that awesome stuff that you said about me, while it's true, you know, my, the biggest lesson I like to say is, you know, it didn't start out that way and I didn't have the education to do that. And, you know, that 20 year campaign, it was literally, you know, I wasn't a publicist and we weren't looking at it like a campaign. My husband and I were young activists employed in like sales and marketing jobs selling whatever you know and yeah. it had nothing to do with work but we found that you know learned about that case of injustice that was not getting any attention and we pretty much spearheaded and created the campaign created the language created the website and, you know obviously all that ultimately you know led to a lot of attention which got what we were hoping a legal team that actually had, you know, from Washington DC that came out to Pennsylvania with a seven lawyer team and worked for years, putting millions of dollars in pro bono because they were looking for a case of actual factual innocence. And they wouldn't have heard about him if these two activists in Canada hadn't started making some noise when they started asking around, you know, the legal community for a case of factual innocence. And they kept hearing the name Jimmy Dennis. And if that had happened a year before, they, nobody would have said that because nobody would have heard about his story because, you know, he was in a cell writing to people. Nobody was listening. So anyway, ultimately, he was freed in 2017. Yeah. And if you Google his name, talk about Born Unbreakable. He was literally, I mean, 25 years on death row, of which 19 of which we were involved, where we talked yeah. every week. But he, um, you know... And not just, you know, that's not just being in prison. That's literally being, you know, at the bottom of the barrel. People telling you it doesn't matter. You don't matter to society. We're going to actually kill you. That's going to be legal. Nobody cares. If you can imagine the devastation to the human soul, but yet he was unbreakable, strong enough to not only believe that there was, that he always, now he's a shirt, never, never give up to continue to see hope and to truly believe that he could, you know, somehow break those doors down. He says that when we got involved, that started to change because then he started to, you know, even if though we were penniless activists in Canada, you know, but anyway, what happened yeah. is, so that the way that became, you know, we were hugely successful in getting media attention from CNN to MSNBC to Court TV to A&E. Meanwhile, we were just doing our sales job. It was already, yeah. what we were doing here was already successful. It wasn't trying to build anything with it other than let people know about this. So there was, you know, and then we, when the lawyers got involved, we kind of stood down and we were quiet about it because they were doing stuff. And, you know, when the things are in court, you do it. So there was a gap between the time we were doing all this media work and my light bulb moment when I thought, wait a minute, I was a 28 year old activist, you know, not, I had no legal skills. I mean, getting us on, you know, MSNBC, Court TV, CNN, getting in interviewed by these major American legal figures. And mm -hmm. it hit me at 41 years later, wait a minute. That's like, messaging i know how to write a press release when i say to people why aren't they talking to media they look at me like 
like they do now. Like, huh? So I, I figured out how to break that barrier just by passionately trying to get messaging out. And then it took yeah. me years later when I was 41. I'm 51 now. Um, yeah. You see the gray hair because I'm waiting for my stylist. Um, but, you know, so when I was 41, it, it literally hit me like a light bulb moment. Wait a minute. I don't have to keep making 50 calls an hour for something I don't care about anymore. You know, why don't I just like, you know, figure out how to be a freelancer, figure out how to use my skills, getting people into media professionally. So instead of doing it to, you know, help free an innocent man who was freed in 2017, now a music artist who's also getting attention in Rolling Stone, Sirius XM, major industry attention, et cetera. So please guys, Google Jimmy Dennis after this. And now I can say, instead of saying, please help us save his life, like I did for 20 years. Now I can yeah. say he's an incredible artist. Check him out on all music streaming platforms. I can't tell you what a pleasure that is. So I would. Now I, I have know. to, I have to have Jimmy on the show. Right. So he could tell totally the story. Be, would totally be a fit. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Love to get him I'm on. I'm telling you, that Absolutely. would that would be a phenomenal story. But so you know, that's how I turn my, you know, but so, you know, in a nutshell, that's how I turn my skills and suddenly realize, well, wait a minute, I can do that. And that's where it's a universal story because we all have something, whether it's, it's certainly not that, but you know, a passion for something, or a, even if it's a hobby that you're really good at or something, you, we all think that our nine to five has to be something we don't like. To, to support, mm -hmm. to pay for that thing that we do like. But the fact is, there's a million jobs that you could, or life you could create for yourself around something, even if you're like a sports person, but you could never be an athlete for whatever reason. There's a million jobs in that world that you could be a part of that you're not even thinking of where you would love to get, you know, to work every day. Yeah. And that's, and that's a beautiful, you know, way to describe following your passion and, and really exploiting the things that you love and turning it into, you know, something you could get paid to do. <laughs> but, you know, I want to take a step back because I do believe that there is some mystique just around the word publicist, you know, and there's probably some dramatization because of what people see on TV. But if we had to just paint the picture for people to understand what is a publicist? What exactly do you do? So if it's at the point where I'm at now, it's starting to look like, you know, your vision of it on TV, you know, where it's a lot of, <laughs> when it's not the COVID, there's a, there, you know, a lot of VIP parties and a lot of, tra you know, travel and all that stuff. But that's after a lot of work in the trenches, proving myself, building my name, doing what I do for other people, you know, proving what I, by doing what I do for other people that I know how to build people's brands, build their reputation for thought leadership on a global level across industries to the point where my name now has become, you know, like I'm a thought leader in that. So now me specifically, Tracy Lamori, the publicist is in demand on particular projects where people will fly me to this or they want to attach my name to that. However, that doesn't, it's no, that's not how it was when I started with zero education because I didn't go to school for this. I started not almost 10 years ago now in terms of charging people you know like pay pay me for me to do this <laughs> i was i was a freelancer for five years and then we did a general partnership which is like a like a solo proprietorship but with two of us me and my husband um with me doing the pr work and him doing the financial and the back end and stuff me doing the front end and um the because i'm not a numbers girl i'm a words and people girl he's more but you're a good partnership right exactly and he's right? figuring it all out and scaling it and, you know all that stuff but um and then we we actually incorporated a, a year ago in COVID. So 
Yeah, so because we're actually doing better and better still, we managed to pivot. It was difficult at first, like everybody had a hard time, but then we managed to pivot because it's all about being smart and strategic, not just smart, but strategic and unstoppable and unbreakable, which is what I I teach and being able to pivot. So we were able to, to pivot after a pretty hard six weeks or two months because you know all of a sudden all the projects that we were doing that involved travel or speaking or you know entertainment were literally gone so i had about 20 percent of my work and i had to figure out okay after i figured out i should probably stop staring at the tv and just listening to you know all these leaders so babbling about whatever and just right. you know go back to my desk and do the 20 percent of work i still had then i started to get the brain juices going and instead of being like uh, I started to think, well, wait, who's going to need my services right now? How to reach out to them? And for the first time I was reaching out and, you know, but I've never spent a penny in advertising. I started this without having any resources at all. So I've literally gone from, Hey, you know, you should hire me. I have, some, let me show you some activist stuff. I did that got some major media attention. I had that. Right. But still yeah. that could have been as negative as it was a positive because all I had to show people was this, you know, at that time it was before Jimmy Dennis was freed. Now that he's freed, everybody celebrates you. You helped get an innocent man off death row. Yay. Well, right before he got off death row and before that we were like advocates for a man on the on death row and as much as we were saying he's innocent well the courts haven't said that and some people are going to look at that askance it's certainly not going to be something you're you know advertising on your resume necessarily but people would mm -hmm. search my name and they would find that and that's the media i could show them see it wasn't just about him it was about us speaking about on, on so it was impressive but if you were like against that issue it's it just as easily you know what I mean? Just as unlikely, mm -hmm. like, just as likely to make me go, oh man, you know, I don't know about her politics, you know, I'm not going to go with her. You wouldn't plan to build your brand as a publicist, you know, being a voice for other people by doing something controversial. So it was counterintuitive what I did. It wasn't like I really built on that. It's like my brain built on that. And then I took a leap a little while later using those skills, right? So, but yeah. anyway, I get off track. So what a publicist does is we promote I, I like to say we elevate and celebrate what people are doing so right isn't that great that came out in a podcast i once, love that and i was like elevate and celebrate that's like a t-shirt right there it came out just like organically in a podcast and i was like that's exactly right because the podcaster had said normally i wouldn't have a publicist on because the perception is you know you think of the publicist of the politician the one the spin doctor the person getting up there Ooh. saying whatever that you know and i was like no totally i almost think the word publicist needs you know a publicist <laughs> because it's got like bad PR PR has bad PR <laughs> right? oh, that's so good but I'm like literally like it's weird because I'm like the I'm an activist and I always will be and I want activists me in my 20s to be proud of everything you know founder of a business me in my 50s does forever right that's number one and that's never going to change so you know I have to um yeah I have to be conscious I, I'm always conscious of that so we work with small businesses as much as we work with celebrities. It's become a real passion of mine to work with, you know, like authors or just people who have a story to tell or that small business, because I've realized it's just like working with the creative. It's like working with yeah. the musician or the artist. It's somebody who has a passion. They're building something, their own thing that they saw. And now they're getting a freedom out of it and they're helping other people. And, you know, so now I'm like, I got chills thinking about that now. So I do a lot of educating to that audience. Yeah. And most people have no idea of the media opportunities that are available to them 
you know, free even some that they could do on their own with understanding and finesse of how it's done. And then what, what would happen if they took a month out of their marketing budget and said, instead of marketing for this month, let me hit Tracy with it. Because, you know, at the end of that month, you'd have actual media interviews you could point to, not things you paid for. You pay me to place you, to find them, to present you as the expert and things like Reader's Digest, blah, 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 you know, whatever it is. So I've gotten clients clicked in the New Yorker, Reader's Digest, um, New York Times, like Oprah.com, you know, the magazine, all kinds of things. Yeah. Just where they're giving their expertise to stories that were also, you know, were already going to come out or get them profiled and interviewed. So after a month of being with me, A, you, you'd have some, you know, interviews already. You'd also see the pitch that I create to introduce you to media, which will wow. make you understand you'll be how you're framed and how do you, so even if you use me for like a month, basically, after that, you'd walk away with that pitch that you could use. You'd see how you're presented and you'd have a basis of some media to share, to build on and get more media. And why? Why? It's not just an ego trip. It's, you know, A, it attracts your customers. It differentiates you from the competition. And I'm not a finance girl, so I hadn't even thought of this part because I was just thinking about those, attracting customers, the obvious, right? Elevating your work and making sure people know and you know that you're running for awards and stuff. But um, one client, a power woman, I call her, but she was a startup. I call them all everyone power women. Um, but she was a startup founder. And she literally was, you know, iffy about PR. I was educated about why she needed to do it she wasn't quite sure i could tell but she went with it and after four weeks after six weeks sorry of working together we had four article like print or and or online big articles about her uh, an international award nomination which she ended up winning and some other online interviews and she said to me in six weeks she said literally she said you've changed my business in my life and when I said, well, that's a pretty big accolade, you know, like I've said this in podcasts before, she said, you've made investors take me more seriously. And I realized, oh, yeah, right there, that's everything. To think about it. We can all make pretty websites. We can all make pretty decks. Our socials can look fantastic. But you know, you're asking somebody to drop money on your company or even to, you know, come a big money. They're going to go to the thing called Google. And if everything that's there is stuff that you've put out, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, sweet. But if the difference between that and going to Google and seeing the other companies, one company won the money, they have, it all looks awesome. I'm going to do my due diligence. The other company, the founders being recognized in her industry in another country as an innovator. There's four articles interviewing her. There's a, you know what I mean? There's a, oh, she, they've, I haven't even given them my money yet. And this kind of excitement is already being generated. Imagine what they can do if I give them a million dollars. Wow. That's huge. That's huge. I do. I think it's something that is uh, underutilized Absolutely. for that, especially individuals or small businesses, like you mentioned. I mean, that, and, and maybe their dollars are challenged. They're just getting start, starting, they're you know, starting out. They're not about it, though, because they're all putting money in advertising and marketing. And there's yes. not, and if you think about it, here's Ads. the key. 80 to 90% of small businesses, from my experience anyway, I don't know if that's a hard number, but, but from my experience, have not even thought about this. Like, it's rare when they come and say a small business says that. However, there's not one corporation big corporation in the world that doesn't have a communication slash PR department, not one. Yep. Yep. And that's what, no, so that, those are the opportunities you're missing. Those yeah. I think that's, and, and well, so I want to, you know, I want to talk about personal branding for a moment because there's when, when I think about even, even let's just say the pandemic, right. For the last sheesh, <laughs> we're like going on two years here, right. There's a lot of, 
reimagining, reinvigorating of businesses, either because they need to reposition themselves in a different way, because they, it's a more dynamic environment, or entrepreneurs are burgeoning and, and emerging because they're trying to um, capitalize on putting out there the things that they can do after having lost a, a job or something like that, what would you say as it relates to building a brand that are some of the most important things that people need to be thinking about? Because I, I believe that this is happening a lot more than ever before. What do they, they, I mean, people really need to understand um, that if they don't, do this i mean people in their industry absolutely are so you know a lot of people are like oh well you know i'm not comfortable talking to media you have to understand um that there are opportunities i mean there's all, all kinds of opportunities within your comfort zone we're not saying that you have to get in a podcast we're not saying you have to go on tv you know if i have clients who say i'm absolutely not doing that i have some clients who are authors who are you know absolutely can't they're 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 you know one's a psychotherapist or something and now she's a fiction author she doesn't want to mix the two she uses a pen name and um so she can't be she doesn't want her voice or whatever so that's fine there's a lot of written opportunities when i named oprah.com for example my hairstylist client i got her in oprah.com um she never had to speak to a reporter they, they sent me the question because they know i'm a you know verified publicist they know i'm not making this up I send my client bio and details. They see that I'm representing her. They sent me the questions. I send my client the questions. She either answers it by typing it out or I give her a call and I ask her and she answers me and I transcribe it for her if she doesn't want. So if you're a writer, you can type all day, send me the answers. I pretty it up with your bio and your links and nice words about my client being the expert and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if you're a talker, then there's podcast opportunities where you can talk at length in a comfortable manner, you know, instead of being, okay, two minutes, 30 seconds. No, you know, a smoother entry. So um, there's a lot of different opportunities, whatever your comfort zone is. Or even if you just want to write, if you're a writer and want to write by yourself, a lot of people aren't aware that Medium, for example, it's as easy as making a Facebook page. They think it's like Huffington Post. There's no editor to Medium. You write an article, you put it up. It can be turned into Huffington Post. If it's a big, good article and gets picked up, it can be on the front page of Medium and all of a sudden you're a writer with a you know million hits. But even without that, it starts to give you a place to, you know, put your thoughts in order, not like a Facebook or social media page, but like a collection of your writing. Mm -hmm. thought, so if you're a gardener and you want to write about, you know, perennials, do it. Write 500 words, 600 word article, put, that, put a nice picture, boom. You do a couple of those. Now you're an expert on that one. You can reach out to media showing them that page as your expertise, as the same kind of calling card as if you're the podcaster. You as a podcaster mm -hmm. are born unbreakable. That alone, even if you had no business or no book or anything, the simple fact that you're a podcaster doing born unbreakable, this is your, you know, you talk to people with this messaging. I would write you a pitch saying, you know, Coach Des talked to people across America every day, around the world every day, you know, about what the things that they've been through and their passions and how they got to where they are today and giving advice, you know, like, and, and through that, she's got an understanding of where people in America are today in terms of this, this, and this. She can do segments. She makes a great, compelling interview doing segments on blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm like... Boom. Boom, You're hired, Tracy. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> well, and here, here's the thing that I love about what you said. And for any, any person right now that's building a brand, if you're an entrepreneur, whether you're new or whether you're seasoned, what, here's what I love about what you just said. First of all, it can be very overwhelming, right? 
people are thinking, oh gosh, how do I put myself out there? And there's some common things I think people go to. Maybe it's social media, like you mentioned, or, or maybe, you know, it's, it's something else. Now, I think the thing about it is that working with somebody like you is customizing what makes sense for, for someone's zone of genius. Like you said, if they're a writer, maybe that's the platform. If they're an awesome speaker, hell yeah, get out there and speak. But everybody is different and uniquely positioned to do what makes the most sense for them. And, and that's what I think is really cool about PR and having a great publicist or team is doing what works what makes sense and that's and that and that i think is is a really big plus because if you just do everything that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to yield great results but if you do the thing that works for you it sounds like that is where you can get a lot of uh return on your investment exactly so let's talk about your book hello all right that's freaking exciting so <laughs> I, know, I always wanted to write a book so yeah. i mean this is that's awesome so get reps so tell tell me how did this start yeah and then the and the important thing is like what what do you want people to get out of the book and then of course people are going to be like okay how can i get the book yeah so <laughs> so it's a great story how it started i was, it was one of my very first clients actually when I was a public, when I was a publicist, still I am. When I was a freelancer, um, was Lou Bayer, who's a like she's got a list of accomplishments a mile long. Director of this, director of civility experts, the global this and that. And her thing is basically yeah, a giant author of like ten books. But her her thing is basically originally I knew her as civility in the workplace, but also global civility, which is more than just being nice. It's about and and more and more of this now. It's more and more something that people need to listen to. People cover come in and. Talk talk for you know thousands of dollars to their corporations about all about all this stuff at the time she was writing a book called or she'd written a book called the 30 percent solution how civility in the workplace impacts the bottom line and we ended up she was one of the first people that hired me as a freelancer and we ended up she credits me with helping her make her book a business bestseller and then you know that was her third book or something and when she decided to write her next book she thought it was about you know eight years ago or something she thought no you know what i'm gonna create she had already dealt with publishing companies she knew what they did for her what they did and she decided to create her own publishing company for her own stuff and then that she was going to also have a few other authors who did soft skills kind of things like workplace kind of things you know right for her so she got ended up getting you know five or six authors and they were all releasing these books and she's like no well clearly we need you to be the publicist so i was and then she's like wait a minute why don't you write a book talking about like for a business audience that's why it's a business audience. She's primarily a business press. Uh, but I mean, my book is about, you know, breaking the media barrier, period, right? And when you actually read the book, it's, it's not strictly business. But I mean, it teaches, like most of the podcasts I do, a lot of them have an entrepreneur audience or a solopreneur audience, one person doing whatever. They're an expert in whatever. So the same audience for the book is a lot of these podcasts I've been doing. And funnily enough, I had no idea I was going to be doing all this media, you know, for the, there's not even for the book. It's just COVID happened. I couldn't travel anymore. I thought, oh, well, I can still, I was, 
booking my clients on podcasts. I'm always looking at these podcast services to book my clients on them. And I would see some that, you know, where they're talking to entrepreneurs. I know I have knowledge that's of huge value to that audience. So I started to go on a couple of them that looked interesting, had a lot of fun, realized how much, you know, it really is a value. I put them on my website. I don't have a podcast. I don't have time for that. I'm hugely scheduled, but I can book in two o'clock, three o'clock here and there, talk. Somebody else does all the production after that and, you know, says nice things and they put it up when you Google my name there, it's up in SEO and there, but you know, which again, like I do for my clients, other people are saying things about you. Other people are, you know, the third party credibility and validation, as opposed to you just saying your own things on your socials. Ah, I'm a skills publicist, you know, now when you go and Google me like now, and I've seen how that works. So now I can actually tell you real world, how that worked. The difference between a year ago when, and I mean, I've always had a lot of media for different things I did, but this targeted media with the message, you know, like to my direct audience or, you know, just from all the, the knowledge I have for this audience and I'm on these things. So all of a sudden, boom, is, you know, and of course, you know, a lot of the power women, the unbreakable, this kind of thing isn't even so much the business audience to me. That's more the, you know, the power woman, the, the, the what I've learned through my experiences. And the, but he, so both of those combined, though, now people come to me very often and I hear things like, oh, you're worth the wait. Oh, we wanted to talk to you. I'm really excited to, to have this meeting. So the, the, the thing has completely shifted from me having to present myself as a service provider. Let me show you all my nice things people have said about me and please look at my website and here's that it's absolutely shifted to, I'm almost I'm like you know what and I don't mean this in an arrogant way but I'm actually like hey I tell you this this and this you know Google me and then come back and like because if you Google me you'll actually get a better understanding than me talking you know you'll see my work you'll see you across any questions <laughs> you know so by the time people come to me they're like pretty much sold and they don't have to go through that process of selling myself. Perfect example, there's a big name international artist who's from Canada, but a big international mm -hmm. artist. And um, somebody that's in like this close business with uh, this international artist has a new artist they're developing. They found me, you know, somewhere about, heard that I was, you know, good at writing bios. I didn't know who I was until they searched my name. And when they searched my name after that, they were like, we're, we're really excited to talk to you. Actually, we don't even want to talk to you about that project. Well, we do, but really, you know, and I was on vacation. They're like, we actually, you know, you're worth the wait. We'll come back in a week. And, we'll, and I was like, oh, wow. You know, and it turned out when I heard the project, it's a really big, big name project. First call, we're making plans. I'm telling them, no, what you need to do with your artists is this and this. And we're like, before I'm even officially hired, we're making plans for the trip to Hollywood. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I I'm, like, love I'm it. telling them, this is what I would do. This is what I would do here. And they're like, uh, okay, why wouldn't we do that then? And I'm like, oh, I'm Let's just do telling it. you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. So, but that's where, and, and in a different thing, I mean, some of this stuff almost sounds like I'm bragging, like does it, but this is what can happen. When you work to elevate your name, now your name is in rooms you don't, you're not even in. Like I literally got an email from a client who, an actor client in Atlanta, Georgia, who said he went on an audition I didn't even know about because, you know, he hears about them through his, uh, his casting people and everything as well. Oh, so he went on an audition. I'm, I'm very sophisticated. He went on a, um, <laughs> an audition I didn't even know about. He messaged me when he gets back going, I just had an audition for a to be announced Disney production that's going to be filming in Atlanta. He said, your name came up, you know, I'm assuming he made, he dropped it. I don't know how, but he, he said, your name came up in the, 
meeting, you know, I guess when he was doing his audition and he said, and they asked me for several minutes, how I knew you, how we worked together and how long I knew you for. And he said, I swear it got me the second meeting. And I'm like, well, who were these people even? And I have no idea, <laughs> but you know, at first I was like, what? That's crazy. And then I thought, actually it's not crazy because geez, last week I had a meeting with that person and that person about that project and that. Pro so if they're asking around, they might be like, her to her. Yeah. Yeah. She was in here with blank about blank. Ooh, okay. Wait, what? What's this? What? And I don't even realize that's going on. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because I can't get out of nothing. And that's what I do for my clients too, is build thought leaders and build celebrities. So if you're the hairstylist, you're the celebrity stylist after a month of working with me because you're quoted in Oprah now because you're whatever. And you're probably, you know, now working with celebrities because now you've been elevated to that. You're already doing awesome work. So it's not like you people, this is important about the empowerment side. It's not like people often think the people getting awards or the people on stages are different from everybody else. And they're not, you know, they're just the ones that had the publicist or had told the media. So my book, like my talking, like my speaking engagement is about, you know, how to be heard, how to break that media barrier and how to understand yourself as an expert who is just as good as the people that you see there, how you already are that expert, or you wouldn't be selling, you wouldn't be writing that book, or you wouldn't be selling that product. You wouldn't be doing that service. If you didn't think you, you know, were better than the average guy at landscaping, you wouldn't be brave enough to put out a thing saying, pay me for landscaping. So you already have that confidence. Take that same confidence. And, you know, like I said, we just put the frame. You're already doing things. I put the frame around the awesome work you're doing and point to it so the world can, can see it and celebrate it. I think it's, it's incredible. It's so incredible what you're doing because, you know, um, one of the things in, in my work in coaching people is this, this feeling of not enoughness, right? Even, even when they've got the gifts, the talents, the years behind them of doing something, Absolutely. I think in a space like yours, you are able to supercharge someone's confidence because it's clear they've done so much. But to your earlier point, it's hard, I think sometimes, I, unless you're a narcissist and you just really love talking about yourself, which is, which is fine too, because then maybe that just makes it easier. But no, um, that's, diffi that, that's difficult. Who, that's difficult they, for people. Yeah. And right? narcissists are not good because they actually go like, <laughs> they're, the, you know, like when you, they can do really well for a minute or two or for an hour or whatever. But when you look a little closer, they yeah. don't, it doesn't, I mean, I've actually had the unfortunate experience of dealing, learning what an actual narcissist is, you know, and one way to think about, because people are, women especially are afraid to say, look at me and my work. My yes. client, Anne-Marie Fisher said this so perfectly. And I think she was quoting you from somewhere else, but it was, she said it to me. That's where I heard it. And she said, when we were talking about the, because I had been quoted in an article about the difference between arrogance and confidence. And she said it perfectly. She said, like, just talking to me about that article. That was a great article. Trace. She said she'd heard this quote, confidence has a smirk. Oh, confidence has a smile. Arrogance has a smirk. And that explains, it, explains it all, right? If someone comes up, guess what? Des, I... What did you do to this week? I mean, I got the women of inspiration. I mean, I know, geez, I, I'm sure your work was, you know, cute. That's arrogance. If someone comes up to you and they're like, get, oh, oh my God, I don't even believe, like, seriously, this happened to me. I got the way, I'm like, you're excited. That's not, that, who, who says, gee, you're being arrogant. If you're yep. saying that's arrogant, then the problem's with you. You see what I'm saying? So people Absolutely. shouldn't be afraid to be like, you know, a, a, a proud, and I'm telling you, men aren't, 
I, and then I'm not saying that because I didn't think there would be a difference. I'm not, I'm not, I don't come from a place saying oh, blah, blah, blah. But learning factually from my work, women have said to me so many times, and I've never, ever had one guy say this to me ever. And at least four women have said this to me from across industries. And when I say these are power women, I mean women who have long, impressive resumes, awards, all kinds of stuff. And they, all, this happened in the same, okay, like different occasion, but the exact same circumstance every time. Where first step, they, you know, hire me. They send me all their links there, any existing bio, whatever, blah, 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 for me to write up a compelling one pager which reads kind of like an article about their accomplishments and everything the pitch the long pitch so that they're, they're sending me information directly i'm not going and getting any information they don't know about i'm not talking to other people and getting something they didn't give me there's nothing in it this package they give me this package and then i write a one pager out of it okay and like mm -hmm. four times different women have said to me oh my god you made me sound so good and i'm like I didn't make, okay, thank you. For, I mean, I, I did some nice wording. Like I write some I wrote compelling words, but I didn't make you sound good. You are good. Look at, I. you gave me the material. I'm only talking about what you gave me, the exact stuff you gave me, but you didn't see it till somebody else regurgitated and put it in a way that you're used to reading about somebody else. And then you were like, oh, wow. She's that, oh, that's me. Like that was me the whole time. Really? <laughs> And right? I see that so much, but I've literally never heard a guy say that. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. That's really yeah. Interesting. Or, yeah. Or, or maybe, maybe a guy might be like, oh, you missed something. You, yeah. You missed the part where I did. <laughs> did <laughs> yeah. You, you missed the that? part there. <laughs> I should have, uh, you know, 27 bullets, not just 24. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. And I, you know, I do, I do want to say this too. You know, if you, if you, if you are a female entrepreneur that is listening, or even better yet, if you're a man listening and you work with female entrepreneurs or you've got a daughter or you've got a business partner that's a woman, it's important to recognize these things because I do, I, I have seen a trend in business and, and being in consulting for as long as I have, I've seen this trend where a man okay will have an idea that doesn't have any research really it's kind of like an inkling it's something that <laughs> it just feels right they kind of you know saw this and they'll present it with this utter confidence and know about five percent if that about that topic and there's still 95 percent of work to be done but it's like no we can do this like 100 percent, this can be done we'll figure it out a woman will know 98% about everything, have done the research, and there's this 2%, this 2% that's missing. Yet it's like, you know, it's not fully baked. I'm just, yeah. you know, there's a, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's yeah, addend so addendum true. Z is not completed yeah. yet. There's still a couple <laughs> graphs that we're working on. Yeah. I've got a team working on these analytics. And then it just, because there's lack of confidence in it, they it comes across as like, you pretty much know everything there is to know, but this 2% is keeping you from being fully confident. And oh, that's a totally so right. different, two totally different stories, right? And it's just, it's just about the way that it's portrayed. Um, right. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> so just don't do that to yourself. Be confident. You know what you know. There's always going to be maybe a little bit more that you, you can learn. Um, but just give yourself, you know, give yourself props. Give yourself a break. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like the quote, we didn't get this far to only get this far, which means, you know, whether you're, you know, whether you've gotten really far and you're happy, but you have more to go and you're like, I don't know if I can make it where well, you can, or whether you're not happy with where you're at. You know, I say that a lot in a lot of podcasts to end on that saying, you know, we didn't get this far to only get this far, especially if you're not happy with where you're at. Realize that you have made it through a lot. You, you're literally a success because you got here. You got through that. You got through all those people who would have preferred to try to keep you down. You know, they weren't able to do it. 
So yeah, yeah. Okay, so Tracy, where uh, where can we get the book? When when is it available? Where can we get it? So it should be available. Uh, hopefully, end of September. Now I'm maybe a little bit later, just because I pulled it back to add some stuff that I learned. You know, actually about how people through COVID, about how people who had previously built their brand, then they kind of you know, bled all over the page, don't name anybody or anything like that, but just a whole bunch of different examples of people behaving badly on social media after they've gotten the attention of the world, you know, and how do you, so how do you sustain that good, you know, how do you avoid kind of self-destructing and things like that, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, I added that. So yeah, the, but they can find that it's, it, it'll be available soon on Propriety Press, that's P-R-O-P-R-I-E-T-Y, on Amazon and on my website, lamorimedia.com. So if they want to pre-order, they can definitely come to you know, lamorimedia.com and send me a message. And also if any of this has been of value, you know, I would be thrilled to work with anybody, you know, yourself, of course, and anybody who hears this and says they've heard you, you know, heard me here, I'd be happy to do a, you know, free console, absolutely free with no expectation or anything like that. And um, yeah, just sort of talk to them about what they could expect. And I promise, you know, I don't take anybody on unless I already know before I take your money that I can get you this media, this media, and that media. And then, yeah. you know, the rest of the month is, you know, we don't know what'll happen the rest of the month, but it'll be good. Yeah. Oh, that's such a blessing. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for that. Definitely the pre-order. I'm going to make sure that your website and all those places that people can get the book. Um, this is This is so needed, Tracy. I mean, like I said, this, this is a true gift that is coming to people. Again, whether you, like you said, solopreneur, um, maybe a multi entrepreneur, um, there, there's no shortage of, of learning that we can do in this space, especially with so many modalities of, uh, being able to do exactly. uh, public publicity, right? Um, so I want to move into a segment where, we get to know a little bit more about Tracy Lamori because, again, this is the Born Unbreakable podcast, and this is about stories of, of people, their journeys, and their perspectives. And I think that we're all beautifully unique individuals, even though we find commonalities amongst each other. What makes us special is what makes us us. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into my first question for you, which is, what three words best describe you? Uh, tenacious, confident, friendly. Money. That is spot on. <laughs> so spot on. I love it. Okay. So what about, what's something about yourself that you're working on improving? Oh, talking slower and eating better. Ooh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, the eating better part. I For can sure. relate to I that. I gotta reason. do that. Like, yeah, ugh. getting older, I gotta deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, how I many? How many people are raising their hand right now? <laughs> we all know level. what we have to do, but we've all ignored it. So we, you know, then we're like, ah, okay, I guess I got to sit up to get it with that. Yeah, like, oh, okay. All right. That's a mental note for all of us. Check, check our uh, our eating habits. And, yeah. Uh, figure out uh, and all on the, the scale other health of one. stuff and realize, and not just, you know, a losing weight thing, more importantly, how important, you know, it is, food affects our body and our organs and all that stuff. So, you know, like yeah. not eating right is as bad for your liver. I've learned recently as, you know, drinking. I've never drank, but, you know, apparently not thinking and fried foods and all those things will take just as much of a toll. So, you know, you may think you're all right, but, you know, realize you're just not thinking about things. So you got to think about things before you don't get, you know, I'm good. I'm, it was caught yeah. in things early enough to be like, just, hey, you got to watch out for those things that you literally never paid attention to. Yeah. <laughs> so well, and, and, should. And, and the thing about it, too, is that, you know, um, 
you might look fine and nothing seems to change on the outside. Maybe your weight is, it looks like it's in a good place, but what's on the inside? You don't even know. You know might, yeah. might not be, you know, my, my father was a prime example. He died when I was nine years old. Um, he had a, he had a stroke, uh, but he was a person that I don't need to go to the doctor. Yeah. I'm okay. I, I don't need fine. to go. And he ne and so men, he never did. Men are like that. So he never often. did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, but when he found out, you know, through, through that, through that last part of his life, um, that if he actually did go to the doctor, there is so much that could have been prevented. So, you know, there's a lot of that preventative health. So yes, so do it. we can all, yeah. we can all evaluate our eating habits. Okay. What's a self-limiting belief that you have had to overcome? Um, that's a hard one because I think it's probably, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a little autism spectrum, you know, that I've never really let anything like that. And that's been my superpower. I've never really let any, you know, it doesn't mean I'm super confident about everything. It doesn't mean I don't have self-doubts, but I never, but in terms of self-doubt is different from self-limiting, right? And I've never really let any self-doubt actually limit me. I've always been like, you know what? I bet I can do that. Like, so like, I'm just going to show it or other people's misconceptions is easy to get you down. What other people think you can do. And that's another thing that I could have let limit me, but I never did. And now, Oh yeah. What do you do for a living? <laughs> you know? So. Well, now that you ask, <laughs> let me share. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love, I love that attitude. Um, okay. What is one thing that you want to see changed in the world. And you actually have experienced so much of the world, so. I've got a lot of them, but you know, so that's hard, one thing, but I guess if I could give it in one word, it's just, you know, injustice. You know, injustice yeah. covers a lot of stuff from inequality, from the very basic facts that, you know, we don't start out in the same place and we don't have the same hands up and we don't have, you know, but then you get back to don't let all that limit you. Cause no matter where you are, like Jimmy Dennis, 25 years in death row, which was very at the very bottom. And he said, kept saying, never, never give up. And now he's, you know, in Rolling Stone magazine and, you know, being lauded by labels and such. So, I mean, bam, you never would have seen that coming. So you never know where, you know, it was self-belief and not letting things get you down can take you. So that's really the key in everything, no matter where yeah. you are in life. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you. Yeah, okay. What's one of the, what, what's one of the best pieces of advice, Tracy, that you've ever been given? Never, never give up. Jimmy Dennis. I feel like a song is coming on that we should be playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. I, I, and I think that, that, message is even more important now, um, given the circumstances that we've all faced, you know, having, having been in more isolation and, and maybe to some degree feeling like there, where is the end in sight with some of these restrictions and limitations that have been placed on us in this pandemic. And, um, I think if we all have that attitude of not giving up, we're going to persevere and come out on the other end of it pretty well. We're a lot better off. Absolutely. Tracy, you know, before, before we part, you know, is there any other advice that you would give to entrepreneurs today who are questioning whether they should go all in and take the leap of faith to, to pursue their dreams? I mean, I love your story, you know, your, your story of advocacy ended up having you create a business that you're in such high demand and you get to do what you love every day. How, how can people, you know, if they're just starting out, 
be inspired to do something similar. Yeah, I mean, do things, take small steps lead to big results too, you know, because once you take one step, you're a little bit closer to the, you know, your goal. And also you see that you took that one step, right? So just do it. I don't, I don't want to quote Nike. I, and I don't like to say fake it till you make it. I hate that one. But I do like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is um, don't dream it, be it. So just start doing it, really. And believe in yourself. Again, it all comes down to self-belief. So believe in yourself that, you know, you wouldn't be thinking about this. This wouldn't be on your mind if it wasn't a good potential path for you. So explore it. Doesn't mean you have to quit your job. I have one client who's now worth $15 million from two companies that he owns. And when he tells his story on podcasts and everything, he talks about, you know, his first company failed and then he ended up being on a, you know, people's sofa and he ended up having to go after making a lot of money, go back to work and do just go back to the restaurant industry as an employee. And he went and did that. And, um, uh, you know, as a result, you know, you just keep on going basically. Right. And, um, and don't be afraid of, you know, failure. And, you know, but then when he started again, my original point, yeah. When he started again, he kept that job. He started building his second business and he didn't even pay himself for a year. He was just a regular employee while he was building his business. In fact, he hired two employees for his business before he quit his job and started paying himself. So he started a business, let it start to grow until, and then, you know, then he finally jumped in all in. So there's little ways, and you know, not all people can do that, but you might be able to think about that. It's not necessarily jumping out so you can, you know, support yourself. Maybe you're not going to because you need to, that's why a lot of small businesses fail. So instead you keep doing what you're doing and start to build incrementally on the side, like the side hustle, but with the focus that that's what you're building. And then once it gets to whatever level where you're confident enough, you know, to pay a salary, maybe pay someone else's salary instead, and you keep doing your job, right and let the business build itself and then now it's it's an existing thing that it can hire you i love it yeah i remember when i saw oprah which was i was fortunate enough to do that right before the pandemic it was february <laughs> like right before it happened nice. and one of one of the things that oprah said so practical is do what you need to do until you can do what you want to do I was love like, huh. <laughs> fancy that. Fancy I love that. It. Yeah, that's I good. Love I that. never heard that one. <laughs> that's so good. Okay, so Tracy, just remind us one more time, where are the places that people can find you so we can make sure that people go to those places if they want to even just send you a message, get your book, or even potentially work with you? Uh, what's the best place to go? Um, lamoremedia.com or on Instagram, Tracy Lamori PR Media, Facebook, Tracy Lamori, uh, LinkedIn, Tracy Lamori. You make it easy. <laughs> if you can spell my name, that is, yeah. You, you got, you got the, uh, the PR down for uh, making it consistent there. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'll make sure again, you know, I, I like to put resources in the show notes just to make sure people can access information afterwards in case they're whatever, you know, driving in the car while they're, while they're listening to this and, and need to refer to it later. They can always pop open the <laughs> podcast and, and click whatever links are available. So I will make sure that happens. And if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be available in notes as well. Um, so Thank you so much for your time. You. I know That's how I know how busy you are. <laughs> I know how yeah, in demand <laughs> you are. Exactly. And also how things just come up on the fly. So to be able to have your time today um, is really a true honor. So thank you so much, Tracy. I appreciate oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it too. It was lots of fun. Awesome.
Tracy Lamori, internationally acclaimed publicist. What a cool, awesome interview. Just so excited to learn a little bit more about behind the scenes of all the things that a publicist actually does and the value that you have when you do great PR work. So here's the other thing that I was intrigued by in doing this interview because I do believe that we're all in a space where we can be evaluating our great gifts to give to the world is are you today doing that work that you want to put out there into the world? Maybe, maybe not quite yet in the way that Tracy was talking about, maybe you're building up to that, but I was fortunate enough this week in my mastermind group, we meet every Wednesday, 5.30 AM, shout out April Garcia and the Pivot Me Academy podcast and all of the things that her company does so well. I've been a part of that mastermind for um, quite a while now, well over a year. And we were talking about our zone of genius. And uh, it's still our homework to continue to build on our zone of genius. But essentially, there's three questions that you want to ask yourself. The first question is, what am I passionate about? Like Tracy and her story, she was passionate about advocacy. And that was an amazing story that she talked about. And to, to free somebody who was innocent from death row, and she did all this advocacy, and that advocacy helped her to realize how good she is with words and with publicity, and that led her you know, to this space of PR, and obviously that's many years in the making, but what is it that you are passionate about? You wake up and you would do it whether or not you got paid to do it, we'll talk about the pay part in a minute, but you just wake up and it fills you with joy, fills you with energy, and you wouldn't even look at the clock to stop doing what that passion is. Okay, the second question is, what are you good at? What is it that people come to you for? What have you become an expert in, whether it is an official expert or unofficial expert? What do people come to you for? Because you're just good at it. Is it people skills? Is it analytics? Is it baking? It could be anything, but what is that? And then finally, what would you be paid well for? If you put it all together, what would people pay you for because of this expertise, this invigoration that you have around these things that you're good at, and then put that into motion. And then that's when you figure all that out, then you could call up somebody like Tracy. But I just wanted to throw that out there because I know from personal conversations and the kinds of things that I'm seeing out there today, that um, it is a great time of reflection. And whether you've answered those questions before, or this is a good time for you to reset and answer those questions again, and maybe just recalibrate a little bit. I always think that's a good exercise. Uh, let's talk, go back to Tracy, uh, go to her website to learn more, whether you're just curious and exploring the idea of PR, um, or just to get great resources and watch some of the podcasts she's on, um, and go pre-order her book, that kind of thing. Lamori, L-A-M-O-U-R-I-E, media, 
com is where you can start. Again, I'll have the socials available to you to access so you can follow her. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your love and support and being here to hear these great inspirational stories of born unbreakable people that have done phenomenal things in the world. I hope that it continues to inspire you on a weekly basis. Thank you for just taking this time this hour or so to give yourself a little bit of something, a little bit of fuel that you need and sharing it with somebody else. Share this episode with somebody who can learn something from it. That's what it's all about is waking up each day and us giving our energy to learn just a little bit more, to expand our perspectives and to be able to help others do the same. Go to bornunbreakable.com if you're interested in being on the show or there's somebody that you think would be great on the show to share their story and inspire others because that's what it's all about that we do here for all of you BU crew people that are learning and exploring how to be the best version of you. Tune in again next week for another inspiring episode and remember, you are your only limit so take action today. Thanks so much again for tuning into the Born Unbreakable podcast. See you next time.